To the Lost Ones Me Center podcast. I am your host, Brother Joshua Finsano, hailing from St. James Lodge, number 114, based out of the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the state of New York. Quick disclaimer the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect any views or opinions of any Masonic body in which myself or any of the guest speakers are a member of. This is the first episode, and we are going over international free and accepted Masons. On today's first episode, we have three guests. We have Brother Carlton Smith from the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the state of Illinois. We got Brother uh, Robert Galbert from the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin. And we got uh, Brother Sheldon Bird from the Most Worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the state of New York. Real quick, I'm going to go over the history of, of, of International so that everybody understands um, the, the the whole point of, of where we're going to. But what after I go over the history, we're going to have a discussion regarding, and it's going to be real brief. We're going to have a discussion on what your experiences was when you were there. Um, so we know that in 1950, William V. Banks formed International while being a member of Modern Free. Um, his, organization, his organization was started as a beauty shop, um, and he actually conferred a 33rd degree on himself. Uh, he claimed that he that him and his father was a member of St. John's Lodge Number Four in Kentucky, but court cases court cases have proven that that was false. Um, Banks said that the lodge was closed down, but the lodge is actually still in operation today to this to this day um, that he was referring to. Um, International we know uses a crossover system where uh, you go get your first three degrees, then you join the York Rite do the red house and the black house. I don't even think they have a purple house. If they do, I don't know. But, and then they cross over into the Scottish right, skipping the first, I think 13 degrees and then going up the rest of the, the, the ladder to 33rd. So they don't even get the full experience of the Scottish right to my understanding. Um, in 2011, the current owner made $8 million from international. And we saw the court cases all, we saw the, uh, the, the, the actual um, statements, the, the tax statements online and everywhere about that. Um, we know that they're a pyramid scheme. They, their members get paid bonuses for recruiting. They get paid bonuses for, for other things as well going on within that organization. Um, and, out, and after the lawsuit against the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kentucky, um, they had to add a key to their logo to try to differentiate themselves from regular masonry. Um, they also changed their description um, of their organization as a Christian organization uh, with Masonic principles to try to separate because we know very well that in masonry, we don't follow a religion. Every It's pretty much um, anyone can join, right? So unless you're an atheist, depending on where you are. Um and they also added the fez onto their onto their uniform to try to separate themselves from everybody else to try to look different and be different so that way they wouldn't get sued um so let's have the conversation 
I'm going to start with Carlton and then I'm work, working my way around. Carlton, when were you initiated in international when you, when, when you first joined them? Oh, man. I came in international. That was about 1995. 1995, 1996, somewhere in there. So, right around, essentially, right around my 21st birthday. And how was the initiation for you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's memorable. it's memorable. I mean, anybody that's been there will tell you. Um, that's typically the response you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's memorable. Um, the one thing I will say is there wasn't a second degree. Mm-hmm. That happened to me, but I wasn't a part of international. I was part of a split. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't a second degree. So you get your first. Um, and they called it a pass. That's why they called it called a, pass. a pass. And then, you know, the third is handled. Well, in my case, well, ever since I was there, it was handled through the Grand Lodge. Mm-hmm. So it was called a Grand Raising. So now, I um had a conversation with someone who, who is still a part of International mm-hmm. back when I was clandestine. And he told mm-hmm. me that they had him hold fire during his raising. And they were literally on him talking about how... um. You know, if you let go of the fire, that means you really don't want this. Eventually, he let go because he wasn't going to get burned. Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of like that's that's one story that I heard of. Is there anything similar happened to you during that time? Uh, during the time, I mean, or did you see anything while you were like that while you were there? I mean, you saw things. Uh, I remember I had a member. I remember I had a member get hit. I have you know seen members get hit. You, see, I remember we had a, I had a member in my own lodge at the time got hit with a paddle and when they got hit with the paddle um ended up hitting them in their privates wow yeah wow <laughs> um okay uh brother robert let's talk about your experience real quick um when were you brought into internet when, when uh, during what time were you brought in 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 in, in international and became and you know because you have a very fascinating fascinating story <laughs> no, I uh, December of two thousand. Seven two thousand. Yep, December two thousand. I just I was twenty nine years old, and I just turned twenty nine. And the, the entering part was kind of I don't know. I, I guess you would say, you know, I, it was me and seven other seven other men. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I really wasn't. And then it was like, you know, they kind of like pump you up and tell you, you kind of got to remember this, remember that. And, you mm-hmm. know, and at that time I was so eager about a lot of things. So I was just like, <laughs> I was like a kid in the candy store. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm known for just going looking for stuff. So mm-hmm. I would just go look for stuff and come back and start challenging people. And I'm like, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Right. I would keep going. By the time I got to the fellow craft degree, I already memorized the first degree. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I thought I was going somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, we had, uh, you know, International does a Midwest convention. Because well, I live in the Midwest, we do what's called a Midwest convention. Right. So I kind of stood in uh, in the Midwest for the fellow craft, thinking like, yeah, I'm going to answer these questions because I studied hard for it. And that didn't work. 
And then as Carl just said, you know, you got the grand raising. So wait a minute, and did they 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 skip the second degree with for you too? No, they didn't skip the second degree with me. Okay. So okay. Back to the second degree. I said I was hungry. I hey look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you remember what I used to say? You gotta feed that goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when we got to that third degree, though, buddy, mm-hmm. that, that was a, uh, you know, I, I always say it like this, you know, your parents stop whooping your tail when you're about eleven or twelve. So mm-hmm. I had a flashback, and I had to- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got back like who the hell? All right, this is what we gotta do. Did they use I a paddle for you? Did they use a paddle for you too, or was it something no, it different? No, leather belt. It was a leather belt. Yeah, I I, yeah. I got the leather belt also. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was normal, so I said, "All right." I thought the same thing. I thought the yeah, exact you don't know same. better. Um, no, well, you know how it is. Typically, who you hang with, you're gonna hang yeah. with more guys who gonna be in the same circles as you ran, right? Even if they're from different bodies or grand lodges, whatever you want to call it. Nine times out of ten, they had the exact same experience, right? And that's the, and and that's one thing that I want to bring to light is we are all now a part of regular jurisdictions, and we didn't go through this. We never seen it happen while I was there. I've never seen it in my grand lodge. I'm I'm pretty sure you guys have never seen the hazing in your grand lodge, and that's one thing I want to bring across is that you know they have this misconception that they if they go through everything all over again, it's going to be the same issues or the same um hazing that they went through and that's not the case we don't we don't do that there is none of that um you know and i, and I really want to drive that point we're gonna we're gonna get back to continue the story but i want to be able to go through the the initiation process mm-hmm. for all three of you so that way we can continue brother bird so sure. like, quick history of me and brother bird me and brother bird both came into the occasion together um when we came into the occasion together there was 20 brothers that came into this occasional Right, uh-huh. that were really out of those 20, 18 were international, yes, sir. And there was only two that was not, and that was myself and another brother. Right? So, imagine what that was like to have 18 brothers all from the same jurisdiction. Literally, they all knew each other. And then I got Brother Bird literally coming up to me, talking to me, doesn't know me from a hole in a wall. And I built this relationship from from with him ever since, and we've been cool ever Absolutely. since. Um, Brother Bird, one even though I've known you and we're and we're really tight, I don't think I've ever asked you your your experiences in international and what you've been through. Would you mind talking about your initiation process? <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, I'll start off. I got it. I was an in international mm-hmm. um, May of. 05. 05, okay. Yeah. So okay. and how was and how was the, the the first degree when you came in? First degree wasn't that big. Mm-hmm. Second degree, you got a little reminder. Mm-hmm. And then the third degree, Carlton already knows, but <laughs> but that's when you really, you know, they did the whole paddling thing. Mm-hmm. So you got the paddle. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You don't forget that. So they didn't do anything crazy like how they, I I mentioned the whole fire thing or anything. Oh, yeah. Anything. I've actually I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've seen when they actually, you know, when they tell you to quote unquote write your experience down on a piece of paper. 
mm-hmm. after you went through that, and then mm-hmm. someone takes it, tears it up, and tells you to cup your hand and light it on fire. Okay, so that, there you go. So he knows about so he he knows he knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've seen that, and you sitting up there trying not to let the thing burn, but mm-hmm. you know. So, was would you say that that third degree was something you've never experienced before, but that it wasn't necessary compared to what you know now? I've never held the fire thing. I've never did that. Mm-hmm. But the whole paddle thing, mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, I had friends who were in the Greek life and all that. Mm-hmm. So they, they was like, oh, well, you know, you got to do this and this. And I was like, oh, okay. So when I went through it, as you know, when I was an international, I was like, okay, I did it. Right. But any brother that's on here that's been to exalted into the Holy Royal Arch, the Knights Templar. It got worse. Yeah. It got and worse. You went from the Knights Templar degree, which made no sense, to the shrine. Mm-hmm. And then from the shrine to the 32nd which you so talked they, about earlier so so they skipped <laughs> you're telling me they skipped the entire scottish right for you uh yeah pretty much that's crazy right that is crazy all right so so you i know you were a part of the red house but did you ever become part of nice temple while you were over there ah uh, yes i was and and then what was that like <laughs> Uh, I, can't I, I, I can see I your face and I can see Rob's face is like <laughs> I can't say too much here but um, Carlton would know and the old saying if he can agree that frozen tundra mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so alright so looking at looking at Carlton and looking at Rob when he mentioned the frozen was a tundra it seems yeah. like you guys knew exactly what he was talking about when he mentions that would you mind elaborating on what that is? Or would somebody elaborate what that is? <laughs> well, I remember the day. It was, man, it was a Sunday, February 13th. I want to say it was either 2000 or 2001. And you all know Chicago in about February, right? Mm-hmm. It's cold. Yeah. Right, right, right. The doors were open. Um, They were on purpose so you could get the temperature down to right where they needed it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago window winters are. Hold up, know, hold up! Is this you guys running around naked or something like that? No, right. This is inside the building. That's where it oh, starts. No, no, you, no okay, no. Up. I've heard of this. I've, I, I, oh, you I, do I, end I, up outside. I, I have heard about outside. this. So in Harlem, I've heard that literally guys will run out with yeah. just their underwear. Oh yeah, you and literally run around, and run around uh, the yeah, entire. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going outside. Well, you're going outside, but that's not in the Templar degree, though. <laughs> but you're going outside. Oh, see, so that is another thing. I, I have heard about that. Yeah, you are going to go yeah. outside. You don't forget. No, yeah. um, Take a bus ride. You, you, you going outside. <laughs> wow. That is, no, that is insane. So just to put this out there, no regular Grand Lodge does that. We all know this. No. So just, just want to point that out. We don't do that. No. Um, Brother Smith. Yes. Let's talk about when you first found out that international was clandestine. Oh, uh, How did, now, 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 Rob, I've read it, the Facebook back and forth with you. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm gonna, we're going to get to that in a second also, but when you found out the International was a clandestine organization, let's um, talk about that. At the time, one of our members ran into a member of the Grand Lodge of Illinois, mm-hmm. so the most worshipful Grand Lodge of Illinois. We got invited to a meeting. Um, shout out to Paul Revere Lodge. And uh, so we got invited to a meeting. So we're like, great, you know, because, you know, what do we always talk about? Traveling, visiting, and all that type of stuff. Right, and because you, you can point, Right, you can visit any lodge in the world as a mason. That's what I thought, you know. So got invited, date was set. Um, there were a group of us that went, I wanna say about twelve to fifteen of us. So the whole lodge went. You know, it's about twelve to fifteen guys. And uh got received great, um, did a tour of the uh lodge building because they had their own house and uh did the tour, you know, we're looking at old relics, books, you know. Everything. Um, dinner, I think we were getting there late for dinner, so I think dinner was just about over, and it came time for us to go into the lodge room. And at that time, so anybody from international knows, you know, we didn't get a what you would call a dues card. You would get a VIP card. So we pull them out, and uh, the guy. So, they, so over there, they called it a VIP card. Right. It actually said VIP card on it. So the guy looked at it. He looked like this. And he just got this look on his face. Like, because remember, it had been pleasant. We'd been there. Right. It wasn't like, you know, oh, they, we'd they been showed there you love. Right. They showed you a lot of love. They walked us through the building. It's everything is going. Yep. Man, we're in heaven. And we walked in the lodge room, showed the VIP card, and he looked down, and everything changed immediately. Mm-hmm. He's like, VIP, what is this? I thought you all were Prince Hall. And it's like, I don't, and I'm, I swear, we got put out the building so fast. And this is the middle of the winter, because once Man. again, like, it was cold out, I remember it. We got put out the building so fast. I mean, coats, suitcase, uh, briefcases, rather, everything. And we were on the street before we knew. Before you blink. Man, before we, like, literally, I sat in the car, because I'm like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. You know, there was no explanation given. It was like, you all got to go. Because I think in retrospect, he also thought about, man, I just walked through these guys through our building for the past X, Y, Z amount of time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I guess from their perspective, it felt like, you know. They got frustrated because they just, they well, felt like they got fooled almost. Yeah, we were being deceptive. Um, right. And that, that definitely was not the case. We you truly just did didn't not know. know. We truly did not know. As far as we knew, we were visiting a lodge as we were supposedly allowed to. So, so then, I remember. Mm-hmm. So then what happens right after that? So, so that situation happened, right? Right. What happens right after that? What's the conversation like between you and those brothers that were there? Like, <laughs> it's shock, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you talk about, you know, eavesdroppers and, you know, we're not going to get specific. You talk about it, but right. to actually realize that you are one. Right. And to get, you know, you talk about it, but actually go through the process and actually get Treated as one, it's right. totally different. And um, I just remember sitting in my car like it's like having that. T- it's like having that cable tore around your neck, and the minute you say no, yank right off yeah, the lodge. It, it happened so fast, man. I mean, we were out of there in probably forty five seconds. Wow. Yeah. So was, so yeah. So let's have this. So so what happens with the brothers at that point when you guys? What was the conversation like between you for and me? Them? I'm I'm kind of like Robert. You know, I got questions. So, you know, I knew we didn't have the questions, obviously, or we wouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go back to, you know, the Grand Lodge and, you know, you say, hey, 
This is what happens. Some of us acted like it didn't happen and it got kind of got swept under the rug. But, you know, me, I'm not that guy. I'm, I need some answers, man. So as so, so when you start asking questions, what happens at that point? Uh, you start getting that look, the, mm-hmm. okay, he knows something. Mm-hmm. He's on to something, right? And um, I never got the answer, any answers. I never got any clarity on why who did you who, who did you ask? Um, I asked some of the Grand Lodge, you know, Grand Lodge officers. We had, you know, national officers in the Grand Lodge. So I went to. So you went to the, the to, to, to the top of the food chain. Well, yeah, in the Midwest, Illinois was the biggest, right? Um, so I had the luxury of having, you know, people there that you know, if, if the answers are to be had, they're going to be. And there. you and you um, got the the, the runaround. Yeah. Um, there were never any answers given. There was never any clarity given. Um, and at that point, it's kind of like... What questions looking. did you ask? Um, we got the boot. What's up with that? You know, why would you, if you... Right, if you're allowed to visit any lodge in the world, why did you get the boot? Right, why did we get the boot? You know, and, you know, and then the, the other part was when they said, oh, I thought you all were Prince Hall. Now, mind you, it's the 90s. So this right. is in 2021 where you can go on a group Say I'm from XYZ Grand Lodge, from International, and in 10 minutes, you can run into a, a Josh, a, 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 you know, Sheldon or a Robert, mm-hmm. and clarity on everything. This right, is because it's, it. right, it's a whole different process, because right. it's you not have to depend on, like, the Philaxis Society and the magazines. Just like that. We're talking about 90s, early 2000s. Right, there is no internet search at this point. Right, there is none of that. So the things that you all have available, the resources that even you all had when you had your occasional, Weren't available when this happened to us. Gotcha. So we're sitting there like, what do we do? And I'm, you know, I'm trying to search, ask questions, and I'm you know, getting anywhere. So from this point on, I'm just looking at everybody like. That's you know, crazy. Yeah. 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 You know, and mind you, I've traveled. I've, I've went to um, uh, Minnesota. I remember when the Minnesota um, Grand Lodge opened. I was there. Mm-hmm. When they initiated the guys for the Minnesota Grand Lodge, I was there. You so talking about for, for for international? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, so crazy. right because so so when you went, so here's the thing, you were able to travel and visit lodges within the body of international, but right. up until that point, you never tried to visit any other lodge outside of international. No. Got you. Got no. you. That's wow. That's crazy. Uh, Rob, I, I've seen I've seen your interactions online, and I've seen how. In the beginning, when you were first international and things that were going on with you, can you explain what it was like when you found out that you were that that that, that you were clandestine at that point? Well, me, it it was it wasn't a shock, mm-hmm. you know. For uh, for me, what it was was I had several brothers from State Grand Lodge and Prince Hall. Every so often, they would instant message me like, "Hey, look, research this. Hey, look, research that." Now, mind you, I'm sitting there like going on 14 years in being a member, deputy grandmaster, then got every single degree from EA all the way to the Scottish Rite. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, okay, what? And then you get this so stuck in your head and repetitive that don't worry about Prince Hall because they too much of themselves. Don't go to the, don't bother going to the Scottish Rite because them white boys don't want you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be international. Right. Okay. And then you keep hearing that story continuously year after year after year after year. 
And then when I started doing the online research, I start I got into it because I was like, what's so bad about international? You know, we're just different. You know, I'm, I'm spilling the mm-hmm. what you're trained to spill. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I start getting into debates, some were very heated. Right. And that's what and, the, the and that's more, what I've witnessed. The more and more I start going back, like, okay, something is just ain't right because why are they getting upset with me for like I did something wrong? Like they jealous because I'm a, I'm a young deputy grandmaster. That's what it is. Yeah, they jealous. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. Right. So I'm like, ah, you know what? They jealous because I got every degree they don't have. That no, that didn't work. I'm like, all right. So what they really talking about? So I stopped looking into that ritual and everything. So I, I threw the ritual away. So okay, you know what? I'm gonna do like this. I'm gonna throw the ritual away. I'm gonna start going to the history of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. So I, when I started doing it, I started researching Prince Hall. I was like, you know what? I got him now. I finna go hit him back. So I started hitting them back on the history of Prince Hall. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, fine. What about international? Right. Don't focus on us. Focus on your yeah. organization, right? Um, international was, was founded in 1950. Anyway, but, but, but y'all, no, no, no. What about it? What, what you found about international? Um, they started guiding you in the right direction way, but, to try but, to but, do the proper hey, research. Yeah. So we kept, I kept going back and forth, but the more and more I kept going back and forth with them, the more and more they said, well, here's your homework for tonight. Go find this out and come back and talk to us. So the more and more I came back, the less and less I started questioning about them on Prince Hall, the more and more I started questioning about international. Mm-hmm. And then I started going back, questioning everybody in international. Like, hey, damn it, I got a problem now. You tell me I'm a Scottish right, but yeah, I didn't take all the Scottish right degrees. And I'm not neither one a member of neither one of these Supreme Councils. Why not? Mm-hmm. Here's the other problem. You tell me I can go visit any lodge I want to, but yet I can't go to a Prince Hall Lodge. I can't go to a state Wisconsin Grand Lodge. Uh, well, well, you can't. No, 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 I can't. Well, them white boys, oh, yes, they will. There's a whole bunch of members that are black that's in a Grand Lodge of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But you said there was none. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. God, don't worry about them Prince Hall boys. The Prince Hall boys didn't tell me that. It was a brother from the Grand Lodge of Illinois and a brother from the Grand Lodge of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, huh? So <laughs> the more and more and more that I start researching international and the more and more I start researching Freemasonry itself, the less and less and less I became engaged with international. And they started noticing that. And when I started seeing the stuff that like they were saying, hey, Robert, just go outside and look in and you'll see everything we're talking about. When I went outside and started looking in, Man, I just saw everything that was like so wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man!" It's a completely different now. ball game once you become regular and you start realizing, "Whole oh, snap!" It's a completely different world. It, I wasn't even regular yet. I was just upset because I realized I was, I had lied to people. Like right. I just told the dude he could do this and he can't. I just said that this man could do this and he can't. Mm-hmm. I just said this, so I I got to the point where after I talked to like. Uh, what's her brother uh, Charles Harper mm-hmm. I said you know what I'm, I'm going to go and have this conversation I'm, I'm, you know so it was on a Sunday and it was in October yeah. <laughs> and uh, they was doing a, an initiation a grand initiation and brother sat here and he had a he had, a, he had the Masonic Bible he'd be sitting there with it right and me and him had a good conversation. I never introduced myself. I stopped introducing myself as a deputy grandmaster. I stopped introducing myself as a brother. I just started calling myself Robert. Like, hey, my name is Robert. 
<laughs> Nobody never caught on. So, <laughs> so we was having this good conversation. Long story short, uh, the grandmaster came in and said, oh, yeah, I see you met my deputy grandmaster. And the brother looked at me. And he goes, ah, oh, he put his head down because he didn't realize I was just having a general conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, uh, the grandmaster's like, hey, so are you, you coming down? I No, 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 we got to have a conversation. He says, what do you want? I said, well, long story short, like this. I said, uh, you know, Wisconsin could be a great state. You know that? He goes, yeah. I said, if you stop telling, if you stop sending money to Dugan and tell Dugan that you're a sovereign grandmaster, that you run your own state, and you take care of the state and tell him, hey, I'll give you some money when we get that money, but until then, we got to build the state, build this bill, and everything else, I'll stand by you. He said, nah, he's my boss. I said, no, 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 no. You are sovereign. Nobody's above you. No one is supposed so to nobody, be. No one is supposed to be above you. Supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, since no one is supposed to be above you, then we ain't going to talk to Detroit. We're we going to tell him that we're going to fix this state. We're going to fix these buildings. We're going to take care of these brothers. And then when we do that, whatever we have left, we'll, we'll give it to him. Uh, I, I, I work for him. I said, no, 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 no. Let me try this again. You work for the state. You don't work for him. So at this I point, think- from what I'm hearing, there's still a little bit of denial in your part because I'm, I'm listening to you and, and it sounds like you know what it is. Yeah. You know what it is, but at the same time, you just like, damn, I hope it's not true. Nope. Nope. That's not what I was doing. Okay. That's not what I was doing. Okay. What I was doing was this. I was telling from everything that I learned from everybody I went back and presented it to him in one small swoop of saying, Hey, you got two choices. You can have me stand by you or I can, I can give you everything I got right now. And that's why I was questioning him. Mm-hmm. So when he asked me, where'd you get all this from? And I explained it to him where I got it from. He says, well, I can't do that. I said, well, here's your collar. Here's your apron. Here's your books. I can't only be a member. I can't stand by you and left. And I ain't went back since. Wow. That's how I left. And when I tell people that, be like, so you left the number two spot, gave every single degree up, and walked out. Yeah. So it was never, because with you, it was never about the degrees or the title. It was about being official and being real. It was about being official. It was about real. It was about understanding that I sat in this organization for 14 years and been lied to and could never understand why every person I approached, whether it was from Prince Hall or State Grand Lodge, they were like, hey, how you doing? Ah, you know what? No. (laughs) And it... After a while, you begin to feel real bad. Mm-hmm. And I started feeling bad because it was like, I'm missing out on everything. Right. And then so somebody tells you, well, you don't need you don't need everything on the outside. Everything's good on the inside. Right. So now when so for any for the people listening, the reason why international is illegitimate and not an illegit legit Masonic organization is because they don't have the uh, uh, an origin, uh, a proper origin. When you look at any of these state Grand Lodges or any of these uh, Prince Hall Grand Lodges, they have proper lineage because they go back to a grand, their lineage goes back to a Grand Lodge that was started by operative Masons. And, I'm, and I, if you look at the Grand Lodge of England, for example, they were started by four lodges. Three were operative and one, one was speculative. And, and people don't, they, members of these organizations don't understand that this is what it is. This is, this is the, there is no other way of, of how masonry works. These are the rules of regularity. These are rules that are adopted by almost every Grand Lodge. I want to say the majority, if not all. And, and they never understand that whole concept. 
when you look at William V. Banks and he started the organization as a beauty shop, you they cannot get past that one fact. William V. Banks was the second in command for Modern Free. And Modern Free was started by, by Jerry Baxter Baldwin, who was never a Mason. So how can your organization be a legitimate Masonic organization if it was started out of thin air? The charter that they use, that lineage goes back to the state. It goes back to City Hall. It doesn't go back to operative Masonry. And that's what they failed to realize. Um, Brother Bird. Sir. Let's talk about how you found out that that International was not a legitimate organization. And what happened with you? Because I know it was 18 of you that came with me. And that, to me, was huge. To see that many people from one jurisdiction come to Prince Hall. Yeah, they they called it the mass exodus when we left. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So go That's ahead. what they called it. So good. Mine had I had two. It was two incidents. So my first one was, I was already, I think I was already in the Royal Arch, Holy Royal Arch, and I was like, hey, you know what? Started traveling. So I decided, me and one of my friends, uh, Brother Tim Whitted, we went to Philly. Okay. We went to Philly, and we saw Prince Hall Lodge. And it was like, oh, this is cool. So they knock on the door, you know, being young. And, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go meet some brothers here since I'm here. So I go up right to the door, knock on it. Said, hey, how you doing, brothers? You know, he was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Can we help you? I was like, yeah, I just want to come inside, look at the building. Now they was like, oh, cool. You know, I was probably six steps in the building. So when the brother asked me, you know, where I was from, I told him from New York. So he was like, oh, okay, cool. And you know, I said, oh, this is cool. Then he was like. What lodge? And I told him. And ironically, the lodge that I left is the same lodge that I'm at here in Prince Hall. It's the same name, but different number. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when he when I told him the number, he was like, huh? He just looked at me for like, he gave me that look. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. He was like, okay. And like um, Brother Smith, uh, Smith said, Oh, let me, you know, show him that little VIP card, you know, because he said mine for yours. All right. right. Show him mine, show me his. I was like, oh, this is cool. Same paper. Oh, okay. So he gave mine back. He was like, nah, bro. Nah. And I was like, what? He just like, nah. He's like, you good though? You need some water or something? He's real nice. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I know is he was showing me the door. I was like, okay. How did Tim react for? to that? I it was kind of baffled. He was like, what is going on here? Right. You know, whatever. The second was I got into the shrine. And like I said, I had friends that was already in the Grand Lodge of New York and in Prince Hall. 
So when I got into the shrine, you know, you know, one question I asked was, okay, how are we connected to the hospitals? Because mm-hmm. on the shrine side, you're either St. Jude or or whatever. So when I asked higher ups in the in the in the international in the shrine, only thing they told me was, "Oh well, we just write checks to uh, to any hospital." I said, "You don't have any in the, in the individual hospital." No, usually on an imperial level, we write one big check and we just send it. Mm-hmm. Huh. I was like, "This is interesting." It's very different. Right. I was like, this is interesting, you know, and that's when I did a little bit more research and found out how Prince Hall's Shrine number is Ancient Egyptian Arabic Order of Noble Mystic Shrine, and the Grand Lodge is called Shriners International. Mm-hmm. But when you was an international, you had, you was considered Ancient Arabic Order of Noble Mystic Shrine. Right. And, and mind you, let me also mention that it's their own ancient Arabic. It's not even the one that John G. Jones started. No. It's it's their own. So a friend of mine out of New Jersey, anonymous, um, was like, yo, you know this is not right. This is not right. And I was kept saying, how come? This is not right. All right. And I started to say, you know what? I started seeing a lot more stuff around, and I was like, yo, this is, this is, like, you feel it. That's when you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Mm -hmm. You know? Did you ever start questioning anybody? Oh, yeah. I I did. I I questioned a lot of stuff, even from, it made no sense to me, and these brothers will attest, is you had a Supreme Council, which constituted, you know, your foundation house, this made-up degree called the Queen of the South, and then you had all these other departments, and you had them in a week, and you had to spend all this money to go to, like, wherever it was held, and then, and what was, I believe it's February or March, you had to go to Detroit. And I'm like, wait, you're doing, it's a lot of traveling, but where's the money going? Right. And nobody could give me a right answer. I was like, okay, we paying these dues. You know, we're meeting in these American legions, VFWs. Some of us who are fortunate actually met in basements or whatever. And it's like, the question you ask is, where's the money going? Mm-hmm. You raise all this money at your fundraiser, you know, if it's 2000 10000 whatever, and you still got to pay the state, district, mm-hmm. national, and supreme. Oh, but, but we're not even done there yet. Hold off <laughs> on that thought. Rob, <laughs> you were deputy grandmaster. Where is the money going? Please explain that situation that I read online that you were talking about, please. Where does the money go? 
Yeah, that's that's another reason why they stopped talking to me. Because when <laughs> I started learning the whole system, I told you, I threw that ritual away. We're going to learn what's going on. Right now. The money is, is crazy. So what it is is that on your local level, everything you pay for your city council, whatever the case is, stays and goes to the Grand Lodge. And the Grand Master uses it for whatever he wants. When it gets to the Midwest or your East Coast or West Coast or whatever the case is, the money you send there goes to that national district grandmaster or the midwest east or coast or whatever the case is he collects that fee again so like let's say you collect ten dollars that grandmaster keep two and that midwest district grandmaster he would get that eight he would take four and he would send other four to detroit mm-hmm. and still getting his money then when it comes to the supreme they get every single dollar so if it was raffle tickets they get every single don't believe it's 50 50 don't fall for that mess it's not 50 50 so Supreme getting that one. When it's uh, Supreme raffle tickets, when it's uh, Supreme youth or whatever the case is, they getting it. Then as you go along towards your Grand Lodge, no, I'm sorry, let's go to Midwest first, like he was stating, like uh, Orson Brothers Sheldon was stating. So in Wisconsin, we call it the Midwest. In the Midwest, you get raffle tickets 60 days before that Midwest happens. You got to sell those raffle tickets for Midwest. Again, out of $10, you the Grand Lodge keeps five. Uh, Detroit gets the other five. Then, somehow, some way, as all the lodges come together in the Midwest, wherever it's going to be held at, whether it's Chicago, Illinois, Detroit, uh, Wisconsin, whatever the case is, you got to pay for your own hotel fee. You got to pay a fifty dollars registration fee. You got to pay the fifty dollars banquet fee. And then, on top of that, you got a collection plate for the grandmaster collection plate for the supreme grandmaster collection plate for the youth select collection plate for the supreme grand matron collection plate for the chaplain i mean it's a lot of collection plates that's been going on along with the 25 dollars registration fee right and, now, and, think and, all that money you just spent for the just that midwest now you think you're done but no you're not done it, it gets worse now you got to come up with your Grand Lodge is coming up in, in, in Wisconsin. The Grand Lodge is in November. Nope, I'm sorry. You still got to send the Grand Master to, to Detroit for their, I forgot whatever they call it, uh, their district, some kind of meeting. So you got to send them there. So you got to pay for that one for him. Now you got to come up to, if you want a Supreme, you got to get money for him for Supreme. So you're coming out your pocket again for Supreme. And that's still, a week. That's yeah. a one? That was a week. Yeah, that was a week. Supreme was a whole week. And it's paid for by us. We you coming out your pocket. So now your your your, your grand lodge is in November. Mm-hmm. And now you're coming up to where, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back again. If you are in any other house besides the blue house, you're gonna have raffles and whatever coming up to pay for those. So you're still shelling out money. You selling out out of a whole year, you selling out money for like seven to eight months out of a whole year. Now let me ask you a question. Did they ever did they ever ask you to or tell you to pocket money while you were DGM? Oh, it gets better. So, <laughs> it gets better. So here comes Grand Lodge. At first, if you're not a grandmaster, you have you have no clue of how everything works. Once you get up there, you see why everybody wants to sit there for the rest of their damn life. Mm-hmm. And here is how it works. Doing Grand Lodge. Doing Grand Lodge, or coming towards Grand Lodge, you have the raffle tickets that are $7. Three stays in the state. Four goes to Detroit. 
That's the, that's the raffle tickets. Then you have your banquet tickets. The banquet ticket is $55. And the grandmaster will go to every single lodge and say, you got 15 members on roll. You got 30 members on roll. Okay, of these 30, 20 only show up. Well, I need 25 then. You only got 15, but only 10 show up. I need 10. Matter of fact, I tell you what, 10 gonna pay for a banquet ticket, seven gonna pay taxes. 20 gonna pay for a banquet ticket, but 30 gonna pay taxes. Taxes is going to Supreme. Keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Stay on the banquet ticket. Don't go away from the banquet ticket. Stay on the banquet ticket. Mm -hmm. Now you gotta pay for registration, which is like 25 bucks, all right? So each lodge the Grandmaster go to, or the deputy go to, mm -hmm. I gotta make sure you have that amount of money. I'm gonna hand you a slip. You owe $455. You owe $895. You owe $1,225. Keep in mind, them banquet tickets. Yeah. Now here comes Grand Lodge. On a Friday night, when everybody comes through, they're gonna start on a Thursday. Gonna meet everybody on a Friday night before that Saturday convention. Mm -hmm. On that Friday night, we're gonna look and see every single worship master at large. Did he collect? Oh, he didn't. Well, he fired. Put somebody else in that seat. Really? Let's keep going. Where that grandmaster at? Oh, you you couldn't get no money out of your state? Okay, you'll be fired tomorrow. I'll put somebody else in your seat. Okay. So everybody's scrambling to get that money for. On a typical Grand Lodge night when International was in Wisconsin was big, they would break in about 20 to 35 grand. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Now, if 15 members in a lodge buy, buy a banquet ticket and five show up, how many banquet tickets is left? Say that again. 10. If mm -hmm. 15 members buy a banquet ticket, but mm -hmm. only five show up. That's 10 banquet tickets left, right? Right, correct. The, that 10 is going to get split. 10 finna go to Detroit, 10 finna go back to the Grand Lodge. So did they now have, multiply that. So at any point during this whole entire thing, we know that there's a, a, members were getting paid from one angle or another, depending, oh, on, depending on where you are. Right. That's what I'm saying. It gets better. Mm -hmm. That's where that Remember, the banquet ticket money is going back to the Grand Lodge. Right. But who's in charge of the Grand Lodge? The Grand Master. That's where that money just went to. He keeps it. He pockets that money. He keeps it. Keep going to like, at the end of the day, if you sold, if you ordered 90 banquets, plates, 90 plates, mm -hmm. and only... 35 people show up. That's 55 plates that you have. You split those 55 plates between and the Grandmaster. Grandmaster, what he'll do is he'll take a $100 bill and he'll slide it to his deputy and say, good job. That's the day after, though. And that's what you've dealt with, that they've slid money to you for doing a good right. job. Yep, good job. That's the day after. That's but crazy. in a flip, he's sitting, he's pocketing about 10 to 15 grand. What makes it worse is that there's no accountability. So you can't check them. So there's no bookkeeping when it comes to any of this. Oh, 
No, so you can't check them. So when your building falling down and you know, like, okay, we all paid all this money, but this building falling down. Where's that money at? And that's when I start asking, where's the money at? Where, where, why am I paying all this money? I'm not paying no more money. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's what, and that's what Sheldon was just saying, that he's pretty much sort of asking, where's the money going? Yep. Carlton, was, money going? Carlton was it the same situation with you when, when you were there? When you started asking where the money was going? Yeah, I think since I started off with the whole history thing, that just kind of that kind of just puts the bullseye on you from there because um, mm-hmm. of the way everything happens. So, you know, I was a, I guess, what you would call a district deputy or a district master, mm-hmm. grand senior warden. And, you know, I was there when we had to uh, go to the Friday meeting. You know, you had to have the numbers right when you went in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers had to be right or, you know, as a grandmaster, you were going to be in trouble. It was just that simple. There was no, it wasn't a negotiation. The numbers better be, if if they say it's this number, it better be that number. You better have the money. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It wasn't a back and forth or. Right. If not the grandmaster, just like Rob said, the grandmaster. Yeah, I mean, we, we never had a grandmaster replaced, but, you know, um, you know, as a Grand Lodge, you know, I typically got down there early. You know, I would typically get down there, relax, you know, a couple of days early or whatnot, use it as a vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's implied. Have the money. If, they, yeah. if the number is this, then you know what the corresponding number to have. And, and that was right. that. It was pretty straightforward. Um, but, you know, me and Rob were both in the Midwest, so we were in the same meetings at the same time. Right. Right. So now let me ask you, uh, let, let's now fast forward to you joining the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Illinois. Mm-hmm. How was that process and what happened? Um, my process was kind of different because, you know, like right now, um, somebody could meet somebody online and all of a sudden, you know, break away from their group and go through the petition process, what have you. I walked away. So I walked away in 2004. I didn't mm-hmm. come back till 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just totally just, you know, Disconnected from the whole situation. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize, you know, Freemasonry without social media was different than it does now. Right. Um, so when social media came about, man, I started seeing guys, you know, you know how it is, the way it is now. Um, yeah. it, it's even more now because I came back during the fighting Masonic miseducation era, which was totally different than mm-hmm. you seeing groups right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot different. You know, there were some real battles and that's when I got a chance to really see um, you know, guys posting proceedings and stuff like this. I'm like, oh, right. Know. That's that's and what I, I live like, for, oh, man. Yeah, when I when, yeah, when, yeah, when right. I started seeing, like, you know, you know, like we never had proceedings, so that was new to me. Yeah, and um, so I got introduced to it from that perspective. But you know, in, as far as interviews, um, the uniformity. You know, when you go visit another lodge in your jurisdiction, uh, right, right, right. We work so every day. So when you came in, did you start all over, or did you were you healed over? I got healed, um, yeah, healed over. but okay. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. I assumed I was, you know, starting, starting over. I did not know, you know, at the time, you know, what the process was. I was just, you know, going through whatever the process was, whatever it was. Just, it didn't make a difference to me. So was it night, was it night and day for you? Yeah, man, it was like another universe. Mm-hmm. It was, That's what I felt. it was another right. universe. Cause you know, for most people that come over, they're thinking they're about to get that again. Right, they think that every, they think that all of masonry is all the same, and everything right. happens all the right. same. And, and I got I got reassured that it's not the same, and you know all of that. But in the back of your mind, you're like, uh-huh, okay, we're gonna see. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember when I came into the occasion, one of the brothers actually sat there and said, whatever you learned where you were at, mm-hmm. you're letting go and you're starting all over again. Yeah. Like you're literally the whole thought process and everything you've learned. Yeah, you have to, to start all over again. Start to finish. You right. are not. And, 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 it's, and it's not so much ritualistically. When, I mean, ritualistically is different also, but what I mean is yeah. like, it wasn't so much about the education portion. It was more so of, 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 of how everything is run. It was the rules, the standards. There were standards. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else. You know right, what I'm there's saying? There's a constitution that you follow. There's a constitution. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother thing. I'm like, what? You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a lot to that's, take in. I, you know, that, I spent was different. years just trying to digest everything. Because it was mm-hmm. just like, wow. This yeah, I remember when I came into my first meeting and I literally sat in the lodge room. I was just literally like looking at everybody doing everything. And I'm just like, this is so different compared to what I'm used to. Yeah. Like for one, they're not reading. They're, they're not reading off the book. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not everywhere. Everywhere is different when it comes to that. But right. like literally just the way they did the floor work mm-hmm. was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way they presented themselves, the way they, you know, they had their study classes, everything was different to a, to, to a team. Mm-hmm. It was so different. And, you know, you're saying you were healed over. Did you contact somebody and just say, listen, this is what I want to do? Or did you? No, no. Um, my lodge actually was, my lodge um, was UD in 2008. Mm-hmm. So my buddy, who was the first past master of the lodge, the first worship master of the lodge, I grew up with him. Okay. Right. So he lived a block from me. I lived two blocks away from the International Grand Lodge. So mm-hmm. for me, that's the only Grand Lodge I saw, right? right, right. Um, he had called me. He called me for a long time, like, hey, man, you know, I'm taking my lodge over here to Prince Hall. Um, he knew at the time, who's now a past Grand Master, who at that time was the Grand Lecturer. Man, I mean, this dude came by my house for about two years. You know, this is my guy. He came two years, and I'm like, I'm still in that, you know, I got this bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Leave me alone. And, um, you know, after a while, I just got to thinking, you know, with social media, it's like, you know, what if? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I did all this work, right? I had done all this work over there. What what can I do over here? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What am I capable of? I don't know. And that's an unanswered question. So for me, I had questions for myself that I needed to be answered. Um, It took him about two years to get me, Mm -hmm. you know. Because the lodge came, you know, they were UD. Um, they were chartered October 4th, 2008. And I got, I came in in 2010. I petitioned like the end of 2009, I came in 2010. So, any regrets? Any regrets? No. Um, no, nah, man, it's the best thing I, uh, best decision you ever made was to, to become regular. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was like night, like I said, night and day. You knew immediately, man. like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, this is, the this big is not. This yeah, is this league. is yeah. this is not the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then you yeah. start to literally visit, you know. So I would go out and visit different lodges. You know, I used to do, you know, obviously for COVID and stuff like that. I was doing about 50, 55 lodge visits a year. That's crazy. Um, you know, I mean, wow. Rock. You know, we would hang out and go to his table lodges and everything. What the joint table lodges in Wisconsin and mm-hmm. go all over the place. Um, That's crazy. So I enjoyed it. You know, like I say, it was night and day. So. The first lodge I went to go visit was Paul Revere. I'm like, all right, we're going back. 
There you go. And you know, then you told the them the crime. So yeah, you know, I always you know hang out with them, go to all their events, live meetings, um, installations, <laughs> Christmas parties, man. So that was the first place I went. I said I'm going back. Rob, I want to ask you now, how was your experience going moving from you know from from being clandestine to to, to becoming regular? Because I know you had a, you you actually did all three degrees all over again. Yep. So my experience, uh, I think that was the most humbling experience. So uh, when I left, I was I was kind of depressed because I, I for me just going to the lodge, you know, it's like for me I like to have that one day just to fellowship or whatever the case is. I like doing things too. So you know, I I love that and. You know, international just kind of like took that away from me. I was like, oh, I don't know what I can do. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I did talk to some brothers at Prince Hall. And it's like, you know, he, was, I guess it's a mute conversation. And then I did, I talked to uh, brothers at uh, Grand Lodge, Wisconsin. And it's like, I got a phone call. So I had a good conversation with a uh, for brother, Pat Choka uh, of Henry O. Palmer. And he said, well, we have an estate at dinner. Why don't you come on and visit? I said, all right. So I came to visit him. You know, I, I was honest with him. I told him who I was and everything. And uh, worship brother Chris K. And let me help. Anytime when I say worship brother in the state grand lodge, those are past masters. So okay. I just want to clarify that. Right. So worship brother Chris K. You know, he says, "Well, listen, I take it to a tour of the lodge." So he gave me a tour of the lodge. I see all the past masters. You know, for over the years, and when he took me inside the lodge. Well, I tell you that that night for me was like the most memorable experience. I'm, I sat down like, wow, just to see the lodge itself. But you know, I wasn't a member, so once dinner was over, it was like, okay, see you later. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. see you later. You know, but, but no total disrespect. Right. They invited me to some functions, uh, you know, and I got to see everybody else. Now, again, I know there's men of color in the state grand lodges. I just didn't see them. So I was thinking like, I'm going to be out of place if I go visit. Mm-hmm. Man, I swear. It's like I walk through the door and it there's it's no color bound. It's like, come on in. It's, it's, it's diverse. It's diverse. Yeah. It, it didn't matter, you know, and it to me, and when I say diverse, I'm not talking about race. I am talking about from ethnicity to religion. If you can think of a religion, they was there, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, wow, okay. So everybody made me kind of feel comfortable. I met the uh, past uh, past worship grandmaster, a um, couple of them. I was like, okay, that's cool. All right. So, all right, no problem. So they said, you know what? They had another state of dinner, and that was in December. And they uh, said, you were, you want to, you know, Petition Elijah said, sure. So I petitioned. And that's when I found out that it doesn't work as quick as you think it will work. So, you know, I went through the whole process over again. But I went through a process of meeting in the master's board where I actually talked to the brothers, explained my life, and they said, all right. And then they said, well, you got to take this back to the lodge, and the lodge will decide. The lodge will decide? Mm-hmm. How does that work? <laughs> hey, the lodge will decide. Okay. I, you know, I'm like, this is new to me. And it was silence because you don't hear nothing because nobody's going to say nothing. Right. So you get that letter. And I'm looking at my wife like, I don't think they're going to take me. She goes, you never know. I'm like, I don't know, man. I was international. I don't think they're going to want me. So you never right. know. I'm like, all right. 
I get a letter in the mail from the secretary saying, congratulations, you know, uh, Palmer has uh, voted for you to receive degrees of Freemasonry. Your EA degree is scheduled for this date. So I went through the, I went like, that's cool. I don't mind. Because mm-hmm. again, you got to start all over. So I didn't mind starting all over. So EA, I did the EA degree and uh, word for word. And I went through all parts of the degree, even the lectures. Mm-hmm. When I say all parts, I'm talking about the degree started at seven. We left at 10. Mm-hmm. And I learned the whole EA. I had to get rid of everything I learned from international to understand everything I learned at EA degree because I was never given a lecture. Mm-hmm. I, never. Now, I mean, they, you skip, right. they, they skip through a lot of the, a lot of the process right? because they want to go home early. Right. But to sit through a whole lecture and see a brother give the lecture. I'm looking for the book. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody prompting him. I'm looking like, okay, where's the words? But it was verbatim. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they own their shit. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had to learn how to, I had to get rid of what I learned because you, you have to post in order to go to your next degree. So I had to learn a cipher, which took me a couple of months to learn. So I learned that. And then, you know, fellow craft degree, I'm like, okay, what's going to be different here? Ooh, middle chamber. Oh, yeah. That brother walked that middle chamber from one end to the other. And I was like, again, where is that book at? Because you just walk from here to here. And <laughs> yeah, where's that book at, bro? <laughs> you, yeah. How did you do that? And that. I felt, I'm like, I want to do that. If you're going to do it, I could do that. So I'm thinking like, okay, this is cool, man. And then when we got to the master degree, there was like nine of us. So I started learning about the rules of how Freemasonry works in a regular Mm -hmm. Grand Lodge. They had to get a disposition, a dispensation to open another lodge in order for us to do it because there's too many of them. So another lodge wanted a dispensation to use another room. So the grandmaster allowed them to use another room to form another to open a lodge. And uh worship brother John came and he says, Robert, what? You want to go last? Because you've been through this already. I said, Yeah, I don't mind. We started at eight o'clock in the morning. I was up at three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's how answer you were trying to go do, do everything all over again. Yeah, but they go through the whole degree. And and when I was like sitting there going like it's eight, it's, it's a nine. different process. It is a different process. Yep. I'm gonna go to lunch and come back because <laughs> yeah. finally I was up next. I was the last one. I was up. I was like, okay. So like I said again, the wording's different. The process is different. But when we got to that second section, I'm thinking like, okay. Somebody finna tag me. I know somebody finna tag me. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. It was just when you read, if you ever read the second section, that's exactly how they perform it. Right. Word to word, piece by piece. And I swear, when I was raised, I almost cried because I was like, you got to be kidding me. Right. This is how it's done. Where have I been all my life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's Man. true. And then the picture lecture was last. And I learned so much from that picture lecture. And I went back and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm start learning how to. What? So this is what they talk about when they say a regular lodge does things the correct way and there's rules and 
things you have to follow. Right. And at that point, you start realizing the structure behind everything. Yeah. How, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you know, I, and I, I didn't feel no shame about it. Once, you know, even entering the lodge, I felt, I think my proud moment was even entering the lodge mm-hmm. was a proud moment for me. I, You know, it wasn't so much about being passed or raised because I was not, after international, I was not in a hurry no more to just be a master mason. I, yeah, I get there when I get there. I'm not in a rush. And I was telling you that. I get there. I'm not in a rush. That's, but, well, yeah. I think, I think, you know, and it's funny because I just literally while, while we were just having this conversation right now, I just realized I'm looking at the entire panel right now, right? And you have three different situations on what possibly happens when you go from clandestine to to regular. You have the possibility of being healed, which, you know, depending on the grand on, on the grand lodge, if they do it or not, you have the possibility of doing all three degrees all over again which many do. And then you also have the instance of me and Sheldon where you go through the occasional and you go through all three degrees in one day. Right. Right. This is in, these are three different situations. Um, I'm going to go to Sheldon now. Sheldon, what was your process like when you went from being clandestine to, to, to regular? Well, when I first, when I left, I was like done. Honestly, I was like, you know what? I'm I I, I it's like the zeal was sucked out of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would never get that from meeting you the first time at the occasional. <laughs> like you, when I first met you, you were so full of life. Yeah. I would never have thought that like they sucked all that energy out of you. It, it did because you, um. So much like the brother said, so much um time you put in and energy and you know, all that you take to consideration and then it's like, okay, it sucked out of you. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Chicago, <clears throat> I met a good brother over there. I ain't gonna say his name, but we all know who he is. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> so <laughs> And, um, you know, it was beautiful how we saw the difference in Prince Hall Masonry and their buildings and how they keep it up. And, you know, it was it was a lot. It was impressive to me. Mm-hmm. So when I came and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this Prince Hall thing. So I contacted one of my good brothers. Shout out to... Um, my worship last four from Door 53, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him I was coming to Prince Paul. His mouth was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm bringing my lodge with me. And he was ecstatic. And he was like, all right. And like I said, we went there occasional. I met you, Feliciano. And I was excited because um, I saw so many people that was that came from international that was already there. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of people that I saw, you know, and I was like, wow, all the ones that I thought I was never going to see again, I see them now. And they're all here for this grand occasion. If you remember, um, Feliciano, I mean, it was a lot of people that was there. 
Right. I remember um seeing Wayne who was there. Who else? Brother Way was there. Yeah, Brother Way was there. Um who else? There was a few. There was, was a, a lot. There yeah. was a lot. So, you know, Franks was there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not gonna give too many people's names out, but anyway, but it was like wow, it was like we it was like we never left. Mm-hmm. So to be greeted by the family and your brother that came from internationally that now Prince Paul, I was like, wow, man. And what was what was the experience from with you and your feeling when you started to go in and, and, and get the degrees? Like, what did you notice off the bat? Like if you can say your first impression, the first thing you 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 picked up on when you I, got I that family, and you can vouch for this was when um brother um Isaiah McCoy mm-hmm. when he did his part, mm-hmm. he did it flawlessly. I'm gonna I, say this. And I, he, I looked at him and I was like, wow. When he let me say when he's the reason why I joined the second district. Because <laughs> I know that when when I literally when the blindfold came off and he was doing what he was doing, I was like, yo, exactly. What did I just enter? I saw him and I was because like, I was like, who's this young guy? It wasn't it wasn't just reading, it was theatrics. Right. There was a whole process, and that, and that's where I sat there and I was like, yo, like, are we really in a whole different like is this what it's supposed to be like? Right. I was I like, agree. wow. Mm-hmm. I was just so impressed by that. Uh so now I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Brother Smith now and we're gonna do closing remarks. I want to thank you, brothers, for being on here because I think that we literally did a good job at, at explaining the whole entire process for, for those listening and they can understand um you know what it's like. Um mm-hmm. Brother Smith, mm-hmm. closing remarks, and if you can take away anything, if you want anybody to take any anything away from from your experience or just an experience in general, what what would it be? Doing it, I mean, doing it the right way. I I thought about it the way Brother Galbert talked about it. Um, I just stopped participating just because, in my mind, I'm lying to a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I'm knowingly lying now, right? I can't. You know, when I, when I when I realized what I was doing, you know, we came back to the lodge and, you know, we stopped initiating and doing all of that. And uh, to this day, you know, some of us are Prince Hall, some of us are Grand Lodge State. We still laugh about it to this day. But, you know, my thing was, you know, I got a son now and I would hate for my son to, you know, I pass one day and, you know, he finds out X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm going to leave a legacy, do it the right way. You know, some people take offense to that, but it is what it is, man. I didn't do all of that work and all that effort to see it just kind of go down the drain. And that's just the way I felt. Um, you know, you, you want to be part of something, but I also want to do it right. Um, I don't want to be sitting there just lying to, you know, lying to somebody for their, to their face. I didn't get into it for that. You know, it wasn't about the titles. I just loved being, you know, at the time what I thought was a Freemason. And I just didn't know any better. So when I tell my story, and you know, there's so much more to it. You know, we could go on and about night, but uh, when I tell my story, I talk to them as men. We leave as men. It's not a recruitment process for you to join Prince Hall and Grand Lodge State, but I can tell them 
I've been where you've been. Everything you're thinking about doing, I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and shoot away. I called Robert when Robert came online, and uh, he was asking those questions, and he was getting battered by he was getting battered by both sides. His own. Oh yeah, and, I've uh, read those I things. <laughs> you know, I called him. He did his shrine initiation in Chicago, um, so I was there when he came here. So I called him myself, like, "Hey, bro, you know," and we talked, we touched base. And so, you know, the biggest thing I can get out of it is watching guys that I've talked to on the phone and now they're flourishing in their respective Grand Lodges. You know, um, it's bigger than me, you know, so don't be afraid to ask questions. That's the best thing I can tell you. If you ask the questions, you're going to find the answer one way or the other. There you go. Uh, Brother Robert, closing remarks. If anybody can take away anything from this, what would it be? Uh... Research, uh, you know, be humble, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't fall for the mess of being a master Mason and you'll be able to do this and do that or whatever the case is. And, you know, let it go to your head. You know, sometimes we get excited about stuff that we just don't listen. You know, I've learned that, you know, the best thing to do is just to be humble and always willing to be learned to learn from somebody else and to do your research. And if you find that you don't like it, you know, then, you know, express it. You know, you don't don't feel like you're stuck in it because of friendship or or family. You know, uh, for me, like I said, I was well received, and it 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 really I I wouldn't say I owe, but I do owe some visits to Chicago, and yeah, because you know, uh, worship brother John Laterno, past master Carlton Smith. You know, they came to my. Uh, my son's initiation, they came to my raising. So, you know, and, you know, even seeing my son being raised as a master mason the correct way right. was enlightening for me. And I, I try now that when I see brothers like that, I try to say, hey, you know, just be humble or, hey, mm-hmm. look, I can give you this, I can tell you this, but it's your choice. And I tell them, honestly, you go where you want to go. You go to Prince Hall, you go to Grand Lodge State, it's up to you. I'm not going to force you. Mm-hmm. And, what really highlighted the moment was our worship master right now was an international mason <laughs> besides Ain't me. Them. Look at that. And when I left, he I left, he was like, he left a year later. He's like, where did you go? I said, uh, here. And he, he says, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to come and see. He came, he liked it, he petitioned, and now he's our worship master this year. And you know, I I think we all made history last year, a lot of us brothers in the state grand lodge, because there were not too many men of color that were worship masters in some of the lodges. And some of the lodges are are believe in the state grand lodge are like a hundred and some odd years old, mm-hmm. which is again history for a lot. So my lodge at that time when I became worship master was 108. So out of 108 worship masters. 108 years, we got the first guy here. Uh, we go three years later, and our worship master now will be the second one. Right. So we're making strides. You know, we're progressing. You know what I'm saying? So when mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, sometimes I do get the negativity about state grand lodges, which I can understand, but we're all progressing. Mm-hmm. So I tell the brothers, you know, don't matter which one. And I, I don't take the heart when I hear the token thing or whatever the case is. I don't take that to heart anymore. I just sit down and I calmly explain it to them. I like this. It's fun. 
There's many brothers in the state grand lodges. This is what we do. And I get them to see a difference. Right. And I've, I've found that when you have a conversation, a humble conversation, and let the other person express their frustration and get it out, you find that they become more and more calm and everything gets better. So, well, well hopefully, me, hopefully we can have those conversations. You know, cause oh, yeah, most definitely. Anytime. I would like to definitely open up that dialogue. Um, right Worshipful Sheldon Bird Closing remarks If anybody can take away anything from this episode What would it be? Um, this has already been said uh, Brother Feliciano And the key thing Is one word I'm going to say lineage mm-hmm. Because Coming from International I can probably say this Confidently mm-hmm. And then 40 years from now, they'll probably never know who we were versus being in uh, Most Worship Prince Hall or in the Grand Lodge of the jurisdiction. 40, 50 years down the road, your name is in the books. You could be traced all the way back versus coming from international masons where you will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. All right, brothers, thank you for joining the call today. Thank um, you. Thank I'm you. Great thank conversation. You. And, you know, hopefully we'll open some eyes with this. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Lost Ones Masonic podcast. I'll see you on the next show.